Hello, I am your host, Karen Doyle, and welcome to the Genius Podcast. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called the Genius Project. The heart of the Genius Project is dedicated to equipping and supporting women of all ages and stages of life to discover what it is that God has placed within their hearts to do, giving them the permission to follow that God whisper and dream, and then equipping them with the knowledge and practical skills to make it happen. Over the years, I've often been approached by women seeking advice and mentoring. They want to know how I did what I did and how they could discover what their gifts were. And once they discovered them, how they could use them in a way that brought life and was abundant. They wanted to know how to live their calling. If you are looking to discover what it is that you are called to do with your life, if you have a dream or a passion, but you lack the skills and confidence to take that next step, or you just need some great advice on living your vocation as a Catholic woman, then this podcast is for you. I am so excited this week to be joined by one of my most favourite humans, Trish McCarthy. Trish is a beautiful woman of God. She lives in Wollongong, Australia, and she has a real passion for spiritual direction. She served and worked on the youth mission team before going on to work for the Diocese of Wollongong in the area of catechetics and the Director of Evangelization. In this week's Genius Podcast, Trish joins me as we unpack this idea around the art of accompaniment and how we can accompany people throughout the highs and the lows of life. We look at what to look for in a spiritual director or a mentor, the value and the gift of authentic conversations and how we need to be having more in our world. We also take a look at how we can be better listeners and hold space around people's experiences to lead them on a journey of growth and transformation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Trish. Friday, what inspired you to ride a motorbike into the women's conference? (laughs) I'm interested. (laughs) I know, I know. People people don't remember a thing I said about that uh, that little input, but they do remember the (laughs) bike. What was the title of your talk? Yeah, the message was to be something you've never done before. So if if you remember, I actually rode in in a dress barefoot on the motorbike. I know you did. It was epic. (laughs) With a little little side note of, please don't tell my mum about this. She'll kill me. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. That was like six years ago. People are still talking about that. (laughs) Remember that woman? I can't remember her name or what she said, but remember she rode in on a motorbike. No, the truth, the truth actually is everything you say is gold. I know that when, you know, people heard that you were coming to this year's sisterhood conference, which has been postponed, but we're still hoping and praying yeah. we're going to get a date that works. I'm really excited to have you on Thank the you. podcast and to share with the women who are listening. Um, it's it's such a, a gift. I know that every time I speak to you, you mess me up. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> like this eerie power that you have I don't know what it is maybe it's the Holy Spirit but it's, it is a yeah gift. yeah it's a gift and today we're going to be talking around the art of accompaniment and I guess this idea of authentic mm. conversations because I've really been looking forward to this conversation mm. with you today as I do any conversation I have with you even if it's not on a podcast because I come away feeling really my life is enriched like somehow the conversation unearths something in me it's like oh my gosh what is that (laughs) you might recall recently we caught up at a mutual friend's 40th and we were at the same table but towards the end of dinner we ended up sitting that one end of the table and 
and got into this deep conversation and it was fantastic. But I tell you, it messed me up for weeks, that conversation, <laughs> because it just, it like, oh my gosh, it was like, what was that? And when I reflected on it, I was like, oh, that was an authentic conversation. That was really good. Yeah. We need yeah. more of those. I don't think in our friendships, in our families, in our workplace, in the church, we're having enough of those conversations, right? They're, mm. they're so powerful. And, and I went away and I was reflecting and I thought what it was was that you asked really intentional questions firstly. Mm. And what struck me was that, yes, you were generally interested in what I was saying, but it was not so much in my answers and my life, but you were actually interested in helping me explore my own answers to my own questions and pondering. Mm. And yeah. that was really, really powerful. And that's, that's yeah. what messed me up, actually, when I actually <laughs> got time to unpack it in the weeks <laughs> after it. <laughs> but it was a gift and it was really powerful and it's something that I've come to realise we just don't experience enough of. And so this is something that I'd love to unpack with you today. And it's something that you're really passionate about, isn't it? Like discernment mm. and accompanying people in spiritual direction. So I'm interested, mm. can you share with us a little bit about your own background and how you came to be doing what you're doing at the moment? Mm. You've mentioned some really key and beautiful points there. You know, these authentic conversations and they're being a catalyst for change, but not just change like transformation. But also that idea of being able to leave ourselves behind and be present with the other yeah. uh, for their own sake, for their own development, for their own growth, for their own, mm. you know, tapping into their own self-love and self-appreciation and exploring that, as you said, with them. Mm. Um, and it is a gift. It's not just a gift for the person receiving it, but it's a gift for uh, myself when I have those authentic conversations. And mm. uh, I think that would be true of any of those conversations that take place. Both people walk away deeply nourished mm. <laughs> it's not there's a, there's a mutuality there mm. we're both walk away totally nourished mm. uh, and, that's, and it, you're right it is something that I'm very passionate about and and certainly you know the direction that my life is, is taking you have studied spiritual direction and you're doing a lot more of that aren't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing at the moment it certainly is something that is unfolding in my life at the moment uh, and I very much feel like you know, God's blessing and God's anointing is upon that simply because I've taken steps throughout my life to grow in that. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe that God just kind of springs something up and emerges something in our life uh, without having done a really deep and thorough groundwork prior mm. to that emerging in our life. Yeah. Um, it is part of his plan. It's part of his blessing on our life. So going back to, <clears throat> you know, to growing up, the things that I'm experiencing and encountering and living now were very much modelled in my family. Beautiful experience of growing up in a family that had really key values and, and really created that sense of belonging and security and openness and vulnerability and trust, yeah. all those foundational virtues and values. It was coupled with a, a real sense of adventure as well. Okay. So we, we grew up around national parks and beaches and yeah. loving the outdoors and opportunity for growth and development through sport and various challenges. Growing up with three brothers, you know, there was always a risk yes. <laughs> to be taken. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> jump off and, uh, you know, BMX <laughs> jump to. Uh, <laughs> oh, fantastic. Where do you come in your family? What? Yeah, I'm number four or five. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So have you got a sister as well? Yes, I do. Okay. So I've got three brothers and a sister. And, and they modelled they modeled a lot of this for me, you know. Uh, so certainly post-school developed 
a real love of learning and study. And it wasn't just study of the university kind. It was a study of life and my relationships and my friendships and my experiences, my daily experiences. So those two really human things of, you know, adventure and creativity and learning and study within me just developed a real commitment to growth and maturity in particular. Yeah. Then went on to work for the youth mission team, of which you know, accompanying others and mentoring others that I that was modelled in my own family, yeah. that became a reality for me on a different level. So not only in terms of uh, you know just hanging out with people and learning new skills and all that sort of thing, but there was very much a faith and spirituality focus in those years of um, working with the youth mission team and mentoring young people and uh, coaching young people and you know sharing faith with young people. Yeah. Uh, going a, a little bit further into adult life, um, working for the Diocese of Wollongong in faith formation in particular, uh, catechesis and faith formation. So, you know, that, that intentionally sharing of the journey with others uh, was, was a real valuable part of my growth. And, mm. and I guess how I developed, uh, Pope Francis talks about it as the, uh, the apostolate of the ear. Oh, <laughs> of, I haven't uh, heard that. Yeah. yeah. yeah isn't beautiful. it beautiful? A beautiful yeah. phrase. I think it gives a real weight to it. Yes, it does. Just take away from the weight of that and then come back to it. Jonathan often says to me, God gave us two ears and one mouth. That means we need to listen more than we need to speak. This is clearly when I'm not listening very well to him. I'll have to, I'll have to bring in that apostolate of the ears. Because <laughs> he's actually a very good listener. He, he's excellent. Is that right? Yeah, similar to you. It's like it's a real, I think it's a real gift and it's a craft I think that's mm. developed and yeah, I, I, he teaches me a lot actually about this, but just look, going back to that word that Pope Francis used, I think mm. what you said is it, it has a lot of weight and it does. Like mm. It, it, mm. it means that there's a calling, that apostolate is like a calling or a, a vocation yeah. to something. So this call to listen, that's, that's yeah. really powerful, isn't it? It is. It is. And you talked about it, you know, the, these authentic conversations being a gift. Um, mm. And I guess the beauty of, you know, we're talking about the art of accompaniment. Mm. The beauty of an art is actually, uh, you know, a skill that anyone can develop, into, you know, when they're through their observations and their reflecting and their testing out and their application and Absolutely. all that kind of thing. There's, there's a subjectiveness about it. It's It's you know, part of who we are and we express it differently uh, each in our own yes. little way and in our own little circumstances. Uh, but it's not beyond us to be able to develop this deep listening with others and for others. No, I love that. That it's that, I mean, our kids, you know, in school, they're teaching them this growth mindset <laughs> that, you know, we can mm-hmm. actually learn and grow in any area. And you're right, the art of listening is something that we can grow in. And when you give that gift to somebody... It's an incredible blessing. And then when you receive mm. it, it's an incredible blessing too. Mm. That idea of um, in giving we receive. Mm. And it's not so much, uh, you know, when we're listening deeply to someone, in many ways we're also being listened to in that moment because the one who listens is, you know, is God, is Jesus. The one who's present is the Holy Spirit. So we're being listened to and ministered to in the process of that as well. And I guess one of the things that, I focus on when I am in one of these these conversations there's kind of a double listening going on so I'm certainly mm-hmm. listening to the person yeah. uh, but I'm also listening to the Holy Spirit and saying you know uh, what what what's the next question to ask what's where mm. are you going with this what's what what words have energy for this 
person um, mm. as they're speaking. Mm. You know, if they're talking about <clears throat> their frustrations or their dreams or their passions, uh, there's usually an energy around the words that they're that they're using, yeah. and the Holy Spirit will often prompt to um to dig around that word and go a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. yeah. That's it's crazy, isn't it? Because when you talk about this double listening, I mean, imagine if we all approached our conversations with people in that mindset. Like, mm. I think, you know, the outcomes for so many things, I think about conflict in marriage or parenting or in the workplace, ministry or in the world, just in the supermarket. If we approached our conversations and another human person with that idea of, I guess, elevating their good and, and willing their yeah. good. Yeah. Above all things in the conversation. I mean, that has the mm. power to transform the world right there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I talk about vocation and personal vocation, I, I have a sense of my vocation as being uh, to be an expression of love. So mm. in everything that I'm doing, particularly when I'm in conversation in the presence of another, um, is to literally be that expression of love, that expression of God's love. So it is about, yeah, willing the good of the other, as mm. you as you mentioned there. Like, I want to see you grow. I want to see you, you know, flower. I want to see you expand. I want to see you explore. I want to see those moments of, oh. <laughs> yeah, you certainly no do way, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah you're it's right. Electrifying. Yeah, it, well, yeah. And, and being on the receiving end of that, it's like, whoa, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> but it's like this experience of, I think it's an encounter with Christ. My experience talking to you, and I know when I've spoken to others as well, just that experience of encountering Christ in that moment with a person. Mm. And mm. I, I don't know, like I guess what you said was being an expression of love, being, you were being an expression of God's love, where, and that has the power to break open a heart and mm you know, transform a heart, even though you might not have spoken any words. But I guess Christ yeah. operating through you has the power to break open a heart and to break open those places where we all of us stuff and bury and hide stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, these conversations, authentic conversations and the art of listening, the gift of listening can unearth those in a good way so that then we are invited to go on our journey in our own personal prayer and to unpack them more the whole, if we're open yeah. to it. I, yeah, I think that's yeah. what you did for me that night. <laughs> I was like, for weeks I walked around going, what, what, why is that conversation messing with my head? Like I found myself <laughs> like taking kids to school thinking about it and I think what I had shared with you was around, I guess, my entire family had moved to Queensland. We live in Canberra one by one. <laughs> and I, and I, was, I was like, what, but doesn't anyone like me anymore? <laughs> it was actually, uh, my family's really cr close and I love them so much. Yeah. And so, I, you know, my two brothers left a couple of years ago and then my sister left 12 months ago with her husband and three kids. And she literally left in the January and my parents told me in February that they were going to sell their house and move. And I was like, what? Mm. And I, I was in this season of real uh, real grief. Like I actually felt like people had actually died. <laughs> it was yeah. that level of yeah. profound grieving. And on a surface level, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like seriously, they're moving. You'll see them. <laughs> people are like, oh, you can go to holidays there. This is going to be great. We'll work out a new way of doing family at a distance. But that wasn't my experience in my heart. Yeah. yeah. And I think talking to you was really powerful because 
it, there was an element of permission that you gave me to, I guess, own my experience of losing my entire family, being left completely mm. alone here, but <laughs> it, because it, it was really full on. But I yeah. can honestly say that that kick-started a journey where I grieved that more deeply and because I was able to go into it, I was able to come through it. And so mm. now my mum and dad have gone and they're about to move into their house and I actually don't have that heaviness of grief. I actually have joy and I'm able to enter in now and celebrate and really, yeah, build family in a different way, long distance. Wow. But had I not have gone through it, I would not have come to that place. I would have become stuck. And so yeah. I think just coming back to that being an expression of love, like for me, you were Christ in that moment. You were, and Christ sort of invited me and the Holy Spirit invited me to unearth all those complex feelings around grief and to really work them mm-hmm. through to a place of acceptance. And, and that, yeah, so thank you because that mm. was a huge gift that you gave me without even knowing it. Mm. And, as yeah, as you say, like it was such a pleasure to witness that and to be there as a part of that. And even as you talk about it now, you know, I, I, I still feel that sense of, you know, God's, God's compassionate heart and mm. the value of you actually working through that rather than flippantly, you know, mm. oh, this is so ridiculous. Uh, how often do we do that? You oh, know, we, we have the <laughs> take on these little, you know, these little wounds and these cuts and these bruises. Like we're soft, vulnerable, you know, beautiful human beings, but we're living in this world that is Crazy. hard and yeah. concrete and edges everywhere. So we're getting all these bumps and bruises and knocks and scrapes and if we don't stop to acknowledge them, then, you know, we can't come through the other side and we can't then be uh, for others what, you know, what someone has been for us or what, what Jesus Absolutely. has been for us. So, Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that's one of the blessings and the graces of this whole coronavirus isolation is for me. Yeah. I know a lot of people are really struggling, but for me it's been a gift because it's like slowing life down to a point where <laughs> every day I take my kids up the mountain and they go mountain bike riding and I take the dog up higher and I just sit and I look out at the mountains. Yeah. And what God is doing in those moments is profound. But you're right, like life is such a rush and it's such a blur and for me it's a season of running kids around everywhere and being busy that sometimes you just don't get the moments to enter into your own heart, let alone somebody else's if they're hurting. Mm, mm. So I think this idea of art, of crafting it, I think we all have to carve out time in our life, I guess, for personal prayer and, and to learn how to do this because and, and to work through, like you said, the things in our own heart first. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, prayer is, a prayer is you know, one of those non-negotiables. And, and in many ways, uh, for me, prayer is the same conversations I have with Jesus that, that I have with others. Mm. Uh, and I go to him and, and he listens deeply to me. I know that he's listening. <laughs> and so I go through and I go through all the layers and the levels of, you know, my experiences, both positive and challenging. Uh, and he listens. <laughs> he sits mm. there and he listens. He listens deeply. And then he takes some time and he's silent and then he responds. And it's this beautiful, uh, uh, you know, as we talked about that, mutual, mutuality and this uh, reciprocal nature um, mm. and this communication of each other uh, that, yeah, mm. that then comes forth as a gift, I suppose, for others. Mm. Absolutely. So tell me, like we talk, you talked about this word accompaniment 
So mm. I guess there's different kinds of doing this, right? So yeah, tell me a little bit about that. I think it's important. One of the things I learned growing up is that I actually have to be intentional about the people that I keep around me uh, mm. and who, who influences my life and who speaks into my life and who I share my heart with and who I don't. Mm. And people have to do very much, mm, it might sound a little uh, challenging, I guess, but people actually have to earn the right uh, to hear to hear <laughs> your story. heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely, because it's it's sacred. It's an incredible gift. Uh, so there are there, there's this you know we have our normal friendships and you mm. know growing up they were probably the kids that we rode our bikes up the shop and got two dollars worth of hot chips and sat on the park bench and talked rubbish <laughs> for yeah. hours on end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're good and they're necessary and it's it's all part of that. Um, even now I have friends who, you know, literally, you know, that everyday kind of friendship, but it's more yes. the frivolous kind Banter. of. Banter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing deep, just mm. doing life kind of thing. Yeah. But then I think there's this concept of um, spiritual friendship, which goes much deeper. And authors like um, uh, St. Francis de Sales, The Introduction yes. to the Devout Life, yeah. and uh, C.S. Lewis. Uh, the four yeah. loves he talks about um, this very it's friendships say uh, again friendship can be really sacred mm. it can be um, I think C.S. Lewis talks about it as a uh, sacrament a small s um, really you know something that points both of us to Jesus and, and Jesus is present in the midst of that uh, and quite often it's not so much that I've chosen the person but I've I've prayed and said God I need I need friends in my life. I need um, good, yeah. deep friendships in my life where there's been an absence of that. Uh, and he's brought people into my life and, and thankfully I've been able to recognise that and pursue that. So I've been mm. intentional in that. Yeah. Again, you know, our, our small groups or whether we're part of a faith community, quite often faith communities have small groups that we can be a part of. Mm. Um, I know that you have connect, yes. sisterhood connect yes, groups, same kind of concepts, gathering together with a, with a particular focus. Yeah. Um, and they're not necessarily people that, you know, you, you go and play soccer with or you um, go to mother's group with or whatever it is, but they're coming together for a particular reason and that is to grow in, yes. in purity as a disciple of yeah. Jesus. And then you get these other these other forms of accompaniment which are a little bit more formal like spiritual direction yeah. um, or spiritual accompaniment by someone who is trained and certified in that kind of thing. Mm. Um, professional supervision, which for me that's around uh, my work and okay. growing professionally. Like mentoring uh, or is this more Well, I think it's a little that. bit different to mentoring. Uh, professional, professional supervision for me has been about um, work relationships and okay. systems and how I fit into the culture and, um, you know, shifting cultures and yeah. change management and all that kind of thing. Uh, whereas mentors, mentors in my life uh, have been around a particular aspect of my life or a particular skill that I want to grow in. And I kind of <laughs> respectfully latch onto them. You see, you rec- like you said, skill. yes, you recognise that in somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And, and they're usually there for just for a just for a season. There, there's all those different, I guess, faces of accompaniment, if you like, and and they all have their place too. Uh, so those less formal ones of friendship and just hanging out with people, and you know, that's natural and necessary. Then those more gifts from God that are spiritual friendships and God is the focus and growing in maturity of discipleship is the focus of those kind of yes. things. Uh, and then those really formal ones of you know, spiritual direction and supervision. When you talk about like these different forms of accompaniment and what I like about what you said is that each one has their place. But I'm interested, I know in my life spiritual direction has always played a really important role 
and in different seasons of life particularly. And I, I wanted to ask you about, I guess, what do, say, young women, for example, discerning vocation or discerning life choices and mm. they're looking for a spiritual director but what what should they be looking for like what sort of qualities if you're seeking out say a a mentor be a spiritual director what are the qualities that people should be looking for in them I mm. guess to help them uh, to accompany them on their journey because just because someone is one doesn't mean they're going to be the right one yeah, yeah, and that's such a good such a good point to consider. Um, and I think for a young person, a really important response when you encounter, you know, one of these more professional roles is not to be put off by your first or second or third experience. Yeah. Uh, that it's really important to find the right fit for you. Uh, I know for me, I've gone through a number of different spiritual directors in my journey. Um, one, because of, uh, I guess, the chemistry or the nature of the relationship, how well we click or connect, yes. uh, but also according to the season of my life mm. um, and needing to go a little deeper or needing to look at certain aspects of my spiritual life uh, of which one director can can speak into more powerfully than another or has more experience in. So whilst it's good to have the spiritual director for you know a number of years, in order to build that relationship and you know, kind of work each other out and how we communicate. It's also important to be really honest and upfront and go, you know, be able to say <laughs> if there's not a connection there or it's not quite serving each other's needs, be really free to say, look, I might have to look elsewhere yes. or whatever. Uh, so connection is really important, okay. um, just that natural natural connection. Another thing that I look for is a personal value of mine, which is integrity. Yeah, me too. And that is particularly in mentors and certainly spiritual direction, but that they are actually the living word, <laughs> that they're incarnating what it is that they believe, mm. uh, that they do have a relationship with Jesus, with God, uh, are led by the Spirit, and they're growing in that themselves. So integrity is really important for me. Another one is maturity. And here's one, and this is, again, this is a really important consideration for young people looking for spiritual directors, is that older doesn't necessarily mean better. <laughs> yes. Because there are some young spiritual directors out there who have an enormous amount of maturity. Mm. Uh, and not just maturity, but emotional maturity or being comfortable with emotion. Yeah. Uh, so you'll, you'll be able to find that out pretty quickly yes. when you're walking with someone, a mentor or a spiritual director. And hopefully they even let you know. And say up front, you know, I'm really comfortable with any kind of emotion that you need to express, <laughs> whether it's intense okay. anger, whether it's sadness, whether it's, yeah. uh, I would like to hear my spiritual director say, you are welcome to express any emotion in this okay. safe place. But tears are welcome here. Anger is welcome here. Frustration is welcome here. Joy is welcome here because they're the essence of our human experience. They, they tell us a lot about what's happening much deeper. And probably the final one is, is credibility. You know, you talked about your experience earlier of uh, walking through your grief and coming out the other side. And I'd be very wary of someone who talks at me or, or, isn't, or doesn't have the ability to listen mm. uh, because it says to me that they probably haven't actually been in this experience themselves. Mm. And it's not that they have to experience the exact same circumstances or event, but you can tell when someone's actually walked through uh, those really challenging aspects of life, come out the other side Absolutely. and then you actually go back and walk with someone else. Yes. <laughs> it's really evident. Yes, it is. Um, 
So they're probably my um, my biggest ones. Yeah, they're fantastic. And, I, I, like, I completely agree. They're all the things that I look for in a person as well. I think they're just, they're really important. And I guess another question I wanted to ask you is why? Yeah. Why is spiritual direction a good idea? Why, why is it a good idea? Because, mm. like, I have a lot of younger women you know, contact me through email or they like to catch up and it's, I guess, informal mentoring, but they're hungry. But I don't know if they would actually say I'm looking for a mentor to mentor me or I need a spiritual director to walk me through some seasons of my life because it's been invaluable in my own life. But Mm. I guess from your point of view, why would you recommend this to people? On a really deep level, this is about my response of love to God uh, and living life to the full. If I can use a little story to illustrate, mm. I have a friend of mine who when I give them a gift, <laughs> they have this beautiful habit of uh, they take it home and they you know, open it up or whatever after they've already received it from me. And then they'll often send me a photo of <laughs> of the gift in its place or how they've mm. used it or what they've done with it. So, yeah. you know, if it's a gift of flowers, then they send a photo of the flowers in bloom, you know, and just say, hey, I'm really appreciating these or whatever. Uh, and, and that does something really profound within me. Uh, there's a deep joy and a deep delight that I experience and encounter in that exchange yes. of, or that expression of receiving the gift well. So for me... The reason that I'm committed to growth and development, particularly of my spiritual life, I take really seriously the gift of life that God's given me and the gift Mm -hmm. of love that God's given me. And I want to see that grow to full maturity, that idea that we're created in the image of God, particularly as a woman of God. I want to see that the most authentic expression of that. I want want God to delight in that. Uh, It's not about trying to please him or appease him or whatever it is. It's just this beautiful response of love and that's my gift to him, to grow and to mature and and to be really intentional and committed to that. Mm. So for me, that's why it's so important. Um, It's important because, as I talked about, my vocation as being to be an expression of love, um, to deepen in that, to deepen in my understanding of that. And if I'm not engaging with all the different aspects of my relational life, we become fully who we are in and through committed relationships. Spiritual direction, my commitment to that. Um, it's part of a bigger picture. Yeah. 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 And I know the times where I've really entered into and had really good spiritual directors, it's just amazing. They sort of facilitate a process of going deeper with the Lord. And I like the exchange that we've picked on a couple picked up on a couple of times is that when we ourselves experience that with the Lord in our own heart, now in the privacy of our own heart, then we're actually able to give that to another person. Tell me, you're doing a fair bit of spiritual direction with people at the moment or not? I am, yeah, Yeah. and increasingly so. And I do have a a particular heart for uh, young women and young men who are are in in that phase of making really critical life choices uh, and vocational choices. Obviously, there's lots of different expressions of spiritual direction, which engage lots of different spiritualities. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I've chosen the area of Ignatian spirituality. Can you tell us a little through, bit more about that? Yeah. It's, it's based in, first and foremost, spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. And that process, you know, either, either 30, over 30 days or 30-odd uh, weeks of going through I guess a program 
looking at various themes from God's love to uh, walking with Jesus, discipleship to the passion and death of Jesus and the resurrection and what that means for mission in Mm. our life. Quite often we hear about the discernment of spirits, discernment in general, and obviously Ignatius drew on a lot of people who wrote around that time on those sort of things, but he was probably the most clear and concise and really brought that together in a yeah. you know, in a way that's really accessible for everyone, not just religious or clergy or but yeah. it's accessible to everybody, which is which is, you know, a really beautiful gift that he's yeah. given us. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I love the Ignatian spirituality. It's so powerful, especially it around is. making decisions isn't it? Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, it, in its most basic form, it's sort of looking, you know, like when we were kids, it's like the pros and the cons list. <laughs> For me, it's it gives me structure to help me process a decision and a framework to process a decision in, which I have found yeah. all the time is very, very helpful. There's, uh, there's great wisdom there to be found, uh, particularly when we're making really key decisions about yeah. our faith. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. That's good to know. Now, look, another thing I wanted to ask you was, I guess, giving people, uh, women, practical skills to take away. I guess we're talking about this art Mm. of accompaniment, authentic conversations, Mm. people who becoming aware that listening is an art form. And Mm. if, if women have a desire to grow in this capacity, I guess, what are some of the questions and how can people approach these authentic conversations in such a way that they give the gift that you gave me? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's, it's always good just to, if you find yourself starting to enter into one of those conversations, being sensitive to not, enough to recognise that this is a sacred moment and just acknowledging that in your own heart or even with the other, just say it can be as simple as acknowledging, sounds like we're touching on something pretty close to your heart here. Just want to yeah. acknowledge that and, you know, I think yeah. it's always nice just to name that and in that way, kind of inviting God into that space uh, to help lead and guide and and listen with you. Certainly, as we talked about before, that idea of prayer and practising this in our prayer Mm. uh, and, and, you know, quite often we can come to God with our list of this is how I am, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I've done. This is what I want. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Give it to me now. (laughs) (laughs) But true. Absolutely. How often do we just come to him with that list? Yeah, totally. It's All so easy to do. It's so easy to, because he is so big and he is so good and, and he loves that and he, and he receives that. But I think, I think one of the goals for me is about growing in maturity as a disciple. It's one thing to be a disciple yes. and, and by name. Uh, it's a whole other thing to actually become a mature disciple. And I think really we're called to be mature disciples. Yeah. So going back to that idea of prayer, this is where we practice these conversations because God, Jesus, is the other. <laughs> Yes. Other with a couple of O. <laughs> yeah. And he does listen and he and he speaks. He speaks to our hearts in, in all those different ways. Prayer is essential to entering into these conversations. It's there yeah. that we learn and practice and that's modelled by Jesus. Is that there's lots of different levels and layers uh, to us and to our experiences. And on the top, on the on the you know, most outer layer is our behaviour. And even our behaviour speaks powerfully. It's communicating something. On the next level is our emotions. So beneath that behaviour, there's an emotion going on. There's something something that they're sensing. And and one of the questions that we can ask at that level is going, hey, I sense there's a bit of uh, anxiety in what you're sharing with me there. Can you can you describe that anxiety? So if you can pick up on if you can pick up on that emotion, then name it and and throw it out there, uh, and then the other can respond and go, no, it's not anxiety, it's this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, but talking through our emotions, what is it that we're actually feeling underneath that behaviour? 
The next level is about uh, the issue or the values. Well, this person did this or in the process of that, they violated my value of integrity. Uh, mm. Their actions and their words didn't match up and my value of integrity says that's not okay. <laughs> mm. So my value has been violated. And usually there's some kind of belief under that yeah. where in order to do this, I believe that this needs to happen. At the very uh, core, the very intimate part of this, there's either one of our human needs, one of our six human needs, or there's a theological good that, you know, kind of contrary to good is threatening or we're not able to achieve that good or that that good has been harmed or is not present. Mm. Or it is present and we can sense that and we can go, you know, as you did in our conversation, there was yeah. there was a genuine goodness of God at mm. the heart of that and you recognise that and you're able to communicate that and say how how that impacted Mm. what you did in the in the following weeks so as a as a subject of these these conversations i have a responsibility to work through some of that stuff and and try and communicate you know where i'm at on that on throughout those layers yes i might be at the behavior emotion level as a listener of the conversation you can ask questions around that and really listening to to those different layers helping people move right down to the heart right down to the center of it because then change can happen then transformation can happen then we go oh I understand that. I understand yes. what was going on there. And then we can take action. Absolutely. Um, and that's where the power is. Ultimately, it's about freedom yeah. and, yeah, and maturity. Yeah. Mm. And it's beautiful. The layers that you've given us, I often, I like structure. I'm an eldest child, so I, I like structure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Which works well sometimes. But um, I like the structure that you give of those different layers. Like for me, that's a very visual picture that when you are a listener, that you can ask questions around someone's behaviour, around their emotions and around their values and mm. to, to not only help them understand themselves but to also help you understand them. So I guess mm. you're outlining this in terms of, I guess, this art of accompaniment in terms of directing people or walking alongside them in that capacity. I guess when I hear you speak, I think, okay, how can I apply that as a mum to my kids, how, how am I accompanying yeah. them in their life of being preteens and entering this whole yeah. new season of life where as a parent it's no longer about, yes, you can, can do that, no, you can't do that. It's about I have to learn now to accompany them through their experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think that scaffolding that you give, that structure is very helpful even in marriage, like the issues mm. that, you know, conflict or disagreements, approaching it through that lens or in ministry, for example, working alongside somebody or living in religious life with another person who might not be like you, it doesn't yeah. mean they're bad. We're all people generally of goodwill. We're not deliberately yeah. trying to offend or insult or be difficult. Yep. So I think when we approach a person out of that curiosity and mm, and if we can really word. learn that art of asking these questions around their behaviour, their emotions, their values, it helps us to understand them so that we can move also towards more productive, authentic relationships. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Those two words that you use there are really powerful in terms of curiosity, coming from a place of curiosity, that idea of help me understand who you are and, and what's going on and why this is important to you understanding is yeah it's so it, it takes it to a whole another level doesn't it like you know at the behavior level people are always quite 
quite often we're flapping about and we're making noise and it's really quite <laughs> it's you know it's, it's like being on the on the choppy surface of the ocean yes um but when we get to those those values mm. and those beliefs and the the theological good or the need the deep human needs it's like diving right deep down into the ocean and it's, and it's still and it's quiet mm. and it's peaceful it's tranquil and we can actually we well, yeah. can deal with issues there you can't yeah, deal with them absolutely. when it's like blowing a gale uh, as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking back to just, you know, obviously for me, my vocation of marriage, this is, comes to life. In terms of, I guess you have two different people who, one's a male, one's a female, you get married, yep. you have two different families and you're meant to create this happily ever after. It's like, hello. <laughs> I don't know, Jonathan and I are quite strong-willed people. One of my friends, my youngest daughter, is incredibly strong-willed and now we're in coronavirus, I have to homeschool her. <laughs> She's like, oh, I've clearly discerned that is not my vocation in life over the last three weeks. Very short discernment, but very definitively decided. But um, yep, yep. Anyway, I was talking, just saying about her being strong-willed, and, and my friend said, "Oh, I wonder where she gets that from." I'm like, "Well, clearly it's Jonathan." <laughs> so both my husband and I are quite strong-willed, and in the early year, first year of our marriage, we hit heads, and mm. I was very you know, okay, I'm right and I feel this, you did this, I feel hurt, da, da, da. But it doesn't lead anywhere productive, right? And I was talking to a newly married woman the other day, Jonathan and I are coming up in a couple of weeks for 19 years married and I'm glad I have Hmm. learnt not to approach every conflict out of that mindset because it doesn't lead (laughs) anywhere that's productive. And she was in a similar position in her first year of marriage and I said to her, look, it's far more productive and it's far more, you know, pr- yeah, just it's helpful to approach it from a position of curiosity. So there's no doubt you feel hurt. There's no doubt possibly the spouse or another person's behaviour hurts you. But mm. try going underneath that and looking at why, what is behind it. And mm. I have found that for Jonathan and I, when we have time and space, it's often, I mean, we rarely argue anymore. Mm. We don't hit heads because we've worked out how to operate together. So yep. we've worked out that we need time and space regularly to talk things through and that it's, it's he does this a little bit better than what I do, but just for myself is to pause and to go, okay, what's underneath this? Like what's, yeah. what is this? Like Jonathan's a good man. He loves me. Like he's not trying to be difficult or hurt me. So what's going on? Might be pressure mm. at work or he might be worried about something or didn't sleep. Or, you know, sometimes they're really basic things. And if we can be curious, then we can avoid a lot of the collateral damage that can be done from, I guess, barging in without having that more peaceful, curious heart. Anyway, yeah, just- we're actually talking about the same thing. Like when we when we when we drill down to it, yes, yes, you know, we've, we've had this argument, we've had this conflict, and we're, we're trying yes. to find out what. Oh, you want that too? Well, that's, yes. that's what I want. <laughs> oh, okay, you're gonna waste it. We've wasted so much time. <laughs> yeah. No, but I just I love that, and I think sometimes when we like we can sense things in our spirit, but when someone puts words on it, we understand it. Mm. And I think that's mm. what the gift that you give us in just talking through these things today is that you give us the gift of language around mm. how we can grow and develop the craft of listening and that art of authentic conversation and then how we can walk alongside people and accompany them in their journey in mm. life. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Trish. I know every time I speak with her, I come away with my heart, my soul, my life just thoroughly enriched. And I hope that conversation may be an opportunity to invite you to go deeper so that you can experience that in your life and give that as a gift to those you do life with. If you like what you've heard on the podcast, then please share the link with your friends and leave a review on the podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram, which is genius underscore project underscore daily. We've got some other great guests lined up for you over the coming weeks. So until then, have a beautiful week and God bless you.